I myself have never seen a ghost. I've often wondered about them, though, ever since my lifelong friend Peter Blakeborough saw one in, he thinks, about 1958 when he was seven. He first told me about what happened in 1971, and his description made a huge and lasting impression on me. I've kept an optimistic eye open for a ghost ever since, and in some unfathomable way Peter's Lady in Black from those early days became part of my own life memories. Later, my doctoral thesis on Babylonian exorcistic magic contained cuneiform spells for driving ghosts away, the first time that Mesopotamian ghosts in particular reared their heads over the parapet, crooking a bony finger. In all the subsequent decades, however, I have still never seen a ghost for myself, even in the shadier vaults of the British Museum, where the ancient dead can lie peacefully and many of the living have witnessed strange things. Sometimes I've crouched immobile in the evening darkness at the top level of our Victorian arched room library, like a wildlife photographer at a waterhole, waiting in silence for a spectral figure who has, they say, more than once been observed. For me, though, no shady visitor. I've met many persons of honesty and integrity who tell me that they have seen a ghost in the course of their own modern lives, and I cannot find a single reason whatsoever to disbelieve them. When you poke about... In fact, a surprising number of individuals will admit to ghostly experience as long as they feel secure from ridicule. At a 12-seater dinner party, for example, the provocative test case remark that so-and-so told me the previous day that they'd seen a ghost, and how can people be so daft nowadays, will be met with a kind of silence during which guests look quickly at one another, until someone says tentatively, well, you say that, but a strange thing happened to me once years ago, and the ice shattered, you learned soon thereafter that someone else's auntie had revealed that before the war, her cousin, or was it second cousin, saw her dead father on the garden swing, and then apparently someone's friend at work's sister was in hospital, and one night when everybody was asleep, she saw, clear as day, a bent figure walk the length of the ward and pass through the wall, and so forth. I dare say that eight out of the given twelve will, thus encouraged, come forth with something comparable that they once heard of or witnessed, never could explain and ever after tucked away. Uncounted writers and journalists have turned their attention to ghosts, evaluating testimonies and statements through ghost stories real and invented, chronicling outright sensationalism enlivened by fraud or scientific scepticism. Ghosts are often in the newspapers today. Among such contributions, historical appraisal of the ghost phenomenon is far from plentiful, and the further one goes back in time, the less information tends to be incorporated. 
many commercial ghost writers, indeed, have no idea that anything is known of ghosts before, say, the Middle Ages or even the 19th century AD. Few sample the very copious and wonderful evidence in Greek and Latin or consider the Bible and the cultures of Egypt and Mesopotamia. All these ancient writings stand directly ancestral to beliefs that remain prevalent in our modern derivative world. Least well known to the historically inclined ghost hunter are the written works of the Mesopotamians of ancient Iraq, Sumerians, Babylonians and Assyrians. Using their cuneiform inscriptions, we can look in on for the first time in history, a complete, functional and in no way alien human system that covers death, burial, afterlife and, above all, ghosts. Abundant and surprising details have been preserved in their tablets of clay, almost as if they anticipated our interest to come, millennia after those beleaguered individuals and their spell-brandishing exorcists fell silent in the dust. 